We are airing on live right now from uh, over the phone. We're not here in the studio. So therefore, if you call into the studio, we won't be able to take your phone numbers. However, if you do text in to the studio, we will be able to take um, your questions. It will be answered after the class. Usually, we air on at 2 o'clock till 3. However, today, due to the busy schedule of Hanukkah, we will only be airing on for a half an hour. And that's a shame. We'll speak a little bit in half an hour. And whatever we could fill in the last few halakhot regarding the Hanukkah, and that's a shame. Today's class will be discussing Hanukkah or the halakhot relevant to Hanukkah when on regarding Shabbat Hanukkah, that is. All the laws pertain to Shabbat Hanukkah. Although some of these halakhot were already said in the past, some of them will hopefully go through the rest of the needed halakhot and the applications of the halakhot, discuss a little bit more time. You know, last time we had to rush a little bit. So we hope to cover that those halakhot that we should be ready for Shabbat Hanukkah. Let's begin with lighting on Friday, that's a shame. This Friday, obviously, is Shabbat Hanukkah. So Maran tells us, we already discussed, that the time to light the candles, you have pretty much from Plaghem and Ham until all the way to Alot al-Shahar. Plaghem and Ha is usually calculated an hour and a quarter before nighttime. What's that mean? What's that mean? When, when does night begin? So here we have a Mahlokit, one hour and a quarter begins. What's called nighttime? Some opinions hold that the night means sunset. So therefore, you're going to count an hour and a quarter back. It's going to be from before sunset. It's going to be from before sunset. The other opinions hold, no. It goes by when Sita Kohabim is, when the stars come out. So therefore, if you go back, it's not going to be flying them in high. It's going to be a little earlier because... So the Qamim is obviously after sunset. So that's the two famous opinions that anybody who looks in the Zemanim, in the calendar, which tells us the times of the day, you'll always notice that there are two Zemanim I mean, when it comes to Plagim and Ha. One is known as the Gra, one is known as the Magen Abraham. The Zman, the time as the, of the Gra, calculates from sunset, and the Zman of the Magen Abraham calculates from Seta Kohabim, because that's when he holds the day is over. So, if a person could do according to the opinion of the Magen Abraham, which is the later time, here's the mitzvah that we need to begin later, which is the later time, it's why? Because even the Zman, according to the Gra, will agree with this. Even because the Gra holds earlier, obviously it goes all the way to the sunset. So, Tlagim and Ha of the Magen Abraham will cover both opinions, the opinion of the Magen Abraham as well as that of the Gra. So, let's talk practical. Now, Eidr Shabbat comes. When could we light? So, Manan writes that the mitzvah is at night, which is the mitzvah of the Halakat Nehmat Halakat is supposed to be at night. It's supposed to light up the night. And if you light it in the day, it's not going to be so visible. And you're not going to be able to be manifesting the miracle so, so much. So, as a result, we could light it. Not we could. We should light it by Shekiah, by sunset. However, like all mitzvot that take place at night, for example, Sifinat Ha'omir, Kriyat Shema Shahabit, or Tiflat Arbit, all those, although there's man, the preferred time is at night, but the Abad, if one does it 
by plagam and ha. Not by the abad really, but when it's necessary, one who does it by plagam and ha, he also says the hadith. That's the opinion of the Shulhana Rukh, the Mahbir Maran. He writes that this man to light the candles is bisofa shikia, like we explained, which means set a kohabin, that's the preferred time. However, bishat al dahak, he could light as early as plagam and ha. Practically speaking, what's called plagam and ha? This Shabbat will be 3.30, according to the Gra, and around 4 or 5, according to the Magin Abraham. Like we said, it's better to light after 4 or 5, so this way you cover it according to the Gra and the Magin Abraham. Okay. So now, the question is like this. What do we, when we come to lighting the menorah, when we come to lighting the menorah on Arab on Friday afternoon, obviously we can't light after Shekiah, after sunset. After sunset, already called Mashot, and that's already Safik Sekila. We all accept that, whether we like it or not, when sunset comes. So therefore, we have to light before sunset. Now, the Halakha brings down that Maran, Suhana Ruhim, Haber writes that when it comes to lighting the menorah on Ayr Shabbat, you have two types, two mitzvot of lighting. You have the mitzvah of lighting the candles of Shabbat. Nerot Shabbat, and you also have the mitzvah of lighting Nerot Hanukkah. Which one do you do first? Do we say Tadir, which you know Tadir, which means the rule that we take the most common, the mitzvah that we commonly do, we give it the, the preference, we light, we, we uh, fulfill the mitzvah first, or do we fulfill the other mitzvah first? Or do we say, no, Hanukkah, which is light first, it's special, it comes once a year. So, so Haruk writes, when a person is going to light the menorah, he should first light the menorah, Shal Hanukkah, and then afterwards the Shabbat. Against the rule of Tadir, how come? So, the Ahronim explain that this is based on the Halakha in the Chot Nerot Shabbat, Nerot Hanukkah, in Nerot Shabbat. In Nerot Shabbat, we learned that there's a Mahrokit between the Bahag, he's one of the Rishonim, from about 800, 900 years ago, perhaps even a thousand, between him and the Tosafot. According to the opinion of the Bahag, he says that when a, a person is lighting the candles on Arab Shabbat, your, your weekly Shabbat candles, whenever you're lighting it, the halakha is that you accept Shabbat. And it's not a choice. You cannot say, I don't want to accept Shabbat. According to the Bahag, once you light candles, you're automatically accepting Shabbat, whether you like it or not. Tosafot disagrees. Tosafot holds no. You don't accept Shabbat. You don't have to accept Shabbat over there. You want to accept Shabbat. You can accept Shabbat whenever you want. As long as it's after Tlag Minhaam. But you don't have to accept by lighting candles. You know when you have to accept Shabbat? When you pray Arbit and you say Barakhut Hashem and Murak by Tlat Arbit, that's when you have to accept Shabbat. Those are two opinions regarding when a person is obligated to accept Shabbat. Keep in mind, if a person wants to, he can always accept Shabbat whenever he wants after Tlag Minhaam. But as far as the obligation, the obligation only begins that's the Mahmoukit. According to the Bahag, it's like candles. According to the Tosafot, it's when a person is praying Abit and he says, Barakut Hashem Murach. Sakhalakha, the Suhana Ruch writes, he rules like the Tosafot, that a person does not have to accept Shabbat by lighting the candles, but rather we accept Shabbat when we pray Abit. That's over there in the court of Nerot Shabbat. You don't have to accept Shabbat. Now, the Mishnah brings down that the Minhag of the Ashkenazim is that the ladies who light, they do accept Shabbat. 
you know, whether they like it or not, they do accept Shabbat. And therefore, a, an Ashkenazi lady who was lighting the Nero Shabbat was accepted by lighting. And they come as a surprise to a lot of Saradi women that a Saradi woman who's lying in Shabbat does not have the obligation to accept Shabbat. Can she accept Shabbat? Yes. Should she? It's definitely preferred, but she doesn't have the obligation. So therefore, for a lady who accepts, a Saradi lady, who usually accepts Shabbat by Friday, on Friday afternoon when she lights the Nerot, if she wants for an important reason not to accept Shabbat that week, for example, she has to get into the car and drive to her parents or to her in-laws or for whatever reason, then she can make a condition that she doesn't want to accept Shabbat, like she usually does every week. And that's fine for a one because they don't have to. A lot of people misunderstand me when I say you don't have to. Oh, they feel, oh, I shouldn't. No, don't. You shouldn't go yell at ladies who accept Shabbat, who don't accept Shabbat by candle lighting. It's very good. You should. A lady should accept Shabbat by candle lighting. All we're saying is that you don't have to. It's not necessary. Whereas the source of the Ashkenazim, when they light them haggis and when they light, they do accept Shabbat. Now, this is true, even according to the Ashkenazim, that they accept Shabbat by lighting Shabbat candles only by women, not by men. Mishabra writes that by men, even Ashkenazim, if they're away for Shabbat and they have to light candles, for example, a man who's traveling abroad and he has to light Shabbat candles now, for him, even if he lights candles, the menhag is that they don't accept Shabbat. So the men, even Ashkenazim, follow the opinion of the Sosafor, like the Suhara Aruch writes, not like the Bahag. He when we come to Hilchot Hanukkah, it seems like Suhara Aruch kind of went back on his words. Because in the Chot Shabbat, he said, you don't have to accept Shabbat. You don't have to accept Shabbat when you light Nerot, Hanu- Nerot Shabbat. You don't have to accept Shabbat when you light the candles of Shabbat. Yet here he's telling us that you have to light the Hanukkah candles first before the candles of Shabbat. How come? So the Aharonim explained that once a year, at least, the Shohan Aruchs wanted to be Mehadir, since we're doing everything like a Tala anyway. You're doing the candles of Hanukkah, anyway, like a tala. Might as well do everything like a tala as well. And therefore, to be hoshesh, to worry, like a tala is showing you that it's preferable that a person should accept Shabbat. A person who's lighting in the, the Nerot of Shabbat should accept it when he's lighting it. You don't have to, but you should accept Shabbat. And therefore, what would happen if you light the Nerot of Shabbat first? You accept the Shabbat. How are you going to light the Nerot of Hanukkah? As a result, the Hanukkah writes, therefore, you light first the Nerot of Hanukkah, and only afterwards you light the Nerot of Shabbat. That is the ruling of Shohan Aruch. First you light the Nerot of Hanukkah, and then that of Shabbat. Why? Because to cover the things of the Ba'ad who holds, that once you light the Nerot of Shabbat, you accept Shabbat. Now this does not mean to say, again, that it becomes an obligation now on Friday, Hanukkah, that when I light Nerot Shabbat, I must accept Shabbat. If for whatever reason, a person sees that he has to light Nerot Shabbat first before lighting Nerot Hanukkah, or let's say, let's do it the other way. Let's say a person already, he already lit the candles of Hanukkah. I mean, he already lit the candles of Shabbat, and now he still didn't light the Nerot Hanukkah. If he didn't accept Shabbat, because he knew that I'm going to have, I'm still have to light the Nerot of Shabbat, for Saladim, since that's the condition they made, they're fine. But even according to the Ashkenazim, there's a very important point over here. This whole deen, this whole halakha that you should light Nerot Hanukkah before Nerot Shabbat applies to the person who himself is lighting the Nerot Shabbat. 
So the person who's lying there on Shabbat is accepting Shabbat by lining them. So then we say, how could you go ahead and light Nerot Hanukkah? How? If it's two different people, as usually is the case, for example, the ladies are the ones who usually are responsible and have the privilege to light the Nerot Shabbat. So, and the men are the ones who usually in the house, and they're the ones who usually light Nerot Hanukkah. Okay, so now, it's a different story. So if the lady lights Nerot Shabbat, and then the husband wants to light Nerot Hanukkah, there's no problem with it. Why not? The lady accepts Shabbat, very good for her. She accepts Shabbat, she can't do Melakah, but the husband doesn't have to accept Shabbat because his wife accepted Shabbat. So therefore, the lady lights Nerot Shabbat, she accepts Shabbat, the husband could still light Nerot Hanukkah, even like Atillah. The only thing is that, as a custom of most people, Saladim, I believe, as, as well as Ashkenazim, is that usually when we light the menorah, we, whoever is making the berakah lights the first candle, and then he, especially by Saladim, they give out the, the rest of the candle to be lit by the, the woman or any children above the age of Bar Mitzvah. So that's the case where the woman also wants to participate in the lighting of Nerot Hanukkah. So in that case, we tell you, listen, hold off on Nerot Shabbat. Like we said, it's always preferable that a lady should light Nerot Shabbat and accept Shabbat at the same time. But in this situation over here, uh, so therefore in this situation also over here that you have Nerot Hanukkah, hold off on lighting Nerot Shabbat. Go light with your husband, let the husband light the Menhurah, the Nerot of Hanukkah that is, with the rest of the family, the lady could participate, could join him in lighting the Menhurah, then afterwards she go, should go and light the Nerot of Shabbat, and of course, accept Shabbat, again, Lechatillah. Oh, this is Lechatillah, this is a preferable way of doing things. If she does it for whatever, again, we're, we're, we're pointing this out. If for whatever important reason the lady, a Saladi lady, does not want to accept Shabbat, then she should make a condition, she doesn't need to do Hatar Nedarim, she can make a condition, I don't want to accept Shabbat, by Hadlakat Nerot, and she'll be fine, she doesn't have to accept Shabbat. And of course, in all cases, when the lady already lit Nerot Shabbat, and she did accept Shabbat, then the men should light the Nerot Hanukkah. Still, they don't, like we said, they're not bound by, the, the, by, the, by their wives accepting Shabbat. However, in that case, obviously, you can't let the, your wife, you know, do the Mitzvah Nerot Hanukkah because it's already too late. She already accepts Shabbat, and she can't participate in the lighting of the Menorah. This is of the order of lighting on Eid of Shabbat. Nerot Hanukkah and then Nerot Shal Shabbat. Now, the poskim point out something very important over here. You know, it's interesting. Plagim and Ha is a very interesting time. This is man, this time period of Plagim and Ha, this hour plus that we're, we, we call Plagim and Ha before sunset. We could still perform in that time mitzvot that are relevant to the night and some mitzvot also relevant to the day. So it's based on the Gemara, there's two opinions, the opinion of the Hachamim, that the night, the mitzvot of the evening begin after Shekiah, after sunset. For him, that's called nighttime already. From that time already, you could perform all mitzvot of the night. However, it comes out that there's a stringency over here, according to the Buddha and the Gemara. It says, he holds that the time of Plagam and Ha until sunset 
you could perform mezot of the evening, he holds that you cannot perform the mezot of the day in that time. Meaning, let's take, for example, minha. We all know minha you have until sunset. Quarter of you, you don't have until sunset. You have until plug a minha. Likewise, according to the hachamim, you don't have the time, you, you cannot pray albeit before sunset. You can only pray after sunset. We are lenient in both cases. We say, listen, if you want to play a plug in high, you want to play in high, you want to play albeit, you can do either way. Either one you want, you could go like a Bura, you could go like the Hakamim. That's the ruling of the Gemara and the Halakha. The only thing is, you shouldn't do two mitzvot in that period of time between Plagman and Sunset that, that comes out that the two mitzvot contradict each other. For example, this case over here that we have, lighting Nerot Hanukkah. A person who's lighting Nerot Hanukkah after Plagman Ham is in a way performing. The mitzvah, not in a way, he is performing a mitzvah that's really, that really belongs to Friday night. He's performing it in Plagam and Ha. You could do it, right? The only thing is, it's like you're treating this time as night. It's an extension of the night. So if a person would like Nerot Hanukkah, then he would go to pray Minha. He'd go to Davin Minha right afterwards. You have a problem. Because how could you pray Minha afterwards? You just Nerot Hanukkah as part of an extension of Friday night, and now you're going to pray Friday day Minha? So it's, although, of course, technically you could do it, but it, it would appear as a contradiction. You're contradicting yourself in that same time period. So therefore, all the post came bring down, Benish high amongst them as well, is that preferably a person this Friday, the man that is, should first pray Minha, that means he's going to have to pray Minha Gidalande, Usually a lot of schools accommodate that and they have a lot of minyanim going on. And then afterwards go to light the nerot of Hanukkah. Now it's not going to be immediately afterwards. Sometimes you'll pray at two and by the time you light it's going to be at four. But preferably this Friday men should try to come home a little earlier, catch the minyan of Minha, and then light the candles afterwards. This is only the Khatila. But they are done. Which means if a person already lit nerot Hanukkah, and he didn't have a chance, as usually is the case, because this is one of the shortest, if not the shortest Fridays of the year. He didn't have a chance to pray Minha before lighting Nirat Hanukkah. We tell him that you could still pray Minha afterwards. This halakha of praying Minha before lighting a candles is only a preferable. It's a khatana. It's a preferable thing to do. So, ladies, make sure you tell your husbands from before Friday. Like, make sure you tell, you, you tell them, men, Go and pray Minha earlier on Friday afternoon so you could light Nerot Hanukkah after you lighting Nerot, uh, after praying Minha. So this is one point of lighting Arab Shabbat. Another thing that we need to know is that it's simple, but we need to emphasize it. We always spoke about, and we know the Halakha says that the candles have to light for 30 minutes. 30 minutes means 30 minutes after this is preferable time of lighting. So if the preferable time of lighting is really Tzedek Kochabim, like Shohan Aruch writes, so therefore in that case you need that your candles should be lit or should be able to stay lit for 30 minutes after Tzedek Kochabim. Practically speaking, the Menhag Faradim definitely could be some on it, you could, you should try to keep that the candles should be lit until at least 5.15. This will be a lechatela, uh, an option that they should let, make it lit 
you keep the candles lit after 5.15. You can light, let's say, 4 o'clock, 4.10. There you have to put enough for about an hour and five minutes. Preferably, if you could keep it lit till 6.10, wow, that would be ideal. But even until 5.15, a person could squeeze himself in there that it's already half an hour after now, the question comes up on Shabbat. What do I do with my menorah on Shabbat after Shabbos? So the Ashkenazim, I'm clear over here in this area, more than Saladim, according to the Minhag of the Saladim, which is the ruling of Shahana Ruch and Saladim, when the candles shut off, I can make a condition before Shabbat that I still want to be able to use the candlesticks and move them after Shabbat. This is not a simple halakham, and I'll try to explain it hopefully in the best that we can. Going to the Ashkenazim, the condition does not work. They go with the Rishonim, that whole that condition does not work. We go with the Rambam, and says the condition does work. What's going on over here? So because we're in the subject of Muqseh, let's elaborate a little bit. There's a type of muqseh that we haven't gotten up to in our class yet, but that is known as basis le davar ha'isur. Something that comes into Shabbat, where the ayinim itself may not be muqseh within itself. So let's take the case of the Gemara. I have a pillow. Okay, pillows, I'm allowed to move it on Shabbat for whatever reason I need. So now, before Shabbat came in, I took money and I placed it on my pillow on the tension that should be there for the whole Shabbat. And it came into Shabbat, the money came into Shabbat on the pillow. Even though on Shabbat, for some reason or another, the kids pushed off the money off the pillow, the pillow keeps the same status as far as Muqsa is in, throughout the whole Shabbat, even though the money is not on it, as when it came into Shabbat. Which means... When the pillow was coming to Shabbat, it had the money on it, and therefore became Muqseh Ahmad Gufo because of the money on it. So therefore, even if the money fell off the pillow on Shabbat, it still remains Muqseh Mahmad Gufo. The pillow, what do you pillow? I could use, I could lie down on it. It becomes, it remains the same status when it came in. Now, it comes to candlesticks on Shabbat. Flame, the flame according to the Gemara is Muqseh Ahmad Bufo. Since the flame is Muqseh Ahmad Bufo, when it's in a cup, which is holding up the flame, which is holding the oil that's holding up the flame. And not only the cup, but the candlesticks are holding up the cup, which we know as in there, that's holding up the flame, which is Muqseh. According to the Halakha, when it comes into Shabbat, the candlesticks are holding up the cup, which is holding up the flame. So the candlesticks have the same status as the flame, just like the flame is considered Muqseh Ahmad Gufo, which cannot be moved for any reason. So too, the candlesticks have the same status. And not only that, even when the flame shuts off, the candlesticks retain the same halakhic level. They're still considered Muqseh Ahmad Gufo. But there's a mahlokit in the Rishoni between Ramban and others. If a person can make a condition prior to Shabbat that when the flame shuts off, now I want to use the candlesticks. I should be able to to use it. There's a mahlokit. That is such a mahlokit, and therefore we have the split in the opinions. Shohan Aruch, the Saradim hold, you can make a condition. According to the Rama, no, you cannot make a condition. However, even according to the Rama, according, everybody will agree 
that when the candles shut off, I could tell a non-Jew to move my candlesticks for me. So we come back to our case. You have a menorah, you lit it. Happens in the shul, especially if you have a smaller shul. Or it happens in the house, you lit your menorah, and now the candles shut off. You want to move the menorah. It's an expensive piece. Let's say it's by the window, it's going to break. It's going to fall and break. Or it's you light outside, as the halakha says, the khatullah. And now you're worried that it might get taken. So listen, for a few hours, I'm not worried. For the whole Shabbat, I'm going to sleep. Maybe someone's going to take it. So in such a case, you could tell a goy to bring it in. This halakha is not too simple because there's a lot of complications here. There's a lot of different opinions. But because of the complications in the halakha, I'm going to tell you now the best way to do it. We'll, we'll elaborate on this when we get to the Hakot Mukse, and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But the halakha, or the, the, preferable, the best way to do it, so I think in Ashkenazi, remember, like according to Ashkenazi, technically, you can make a condition, and that's good enough. But even then, there's some details that may make this a little bit complicated. So therefore, we tell you like this. If you have your menorah on like a tray, some people have that, you should put something hashub, that's klisha mechtole heter, on that chair. Let's say put a diamond ring, put something, you know, important over there. And this way, and make a condition, this when the candle shut off, you can pick up the whole tray together with the diamond ring as well as with the menorah and move it to whatever spot you like. If you have a non-Jew, so you don't need the diamond ring. You just tell the non-Jew, pick up the menorah, put it somewhere else. Now, in the case, where you have glass cups and you're worried that your kids, you know, I can only retain them for two hours. Everybody, after two hours, forget about it. They're going to be all over, and I'm scared that the glass cups might fall. And if they fall, it's going to be a possible second. That doesn't mean somebody's going to die, but somebody might get cut from Somebody might get hurt from the glass cups. So where you learned about this, that even something is not dangerous now, but it's potentially dangerous, it's also going to be mutar for me to be able to move it out of the way, so nobody should get hurt from me. So if my candle shut off, and now I'm worried that for Shabbat, my kids might play with it, and therefore the cups might fall, and, and somebody might get hurt, I'm allowed to move it. I can't just move it because I'm scared that my menorah will break, and I'm going to lose money for it. Because then, I'm moving the mukseh for the sake of the mukseh, not for the sake of people, right? To protect an item on Shabbat is not mutar unless it's klishim naktol heter. But to protect people, I can even move the lowest level of Mukseh, even something's Mukseh Muhammad before. In this case, let's even assume that the menorah is considered Mukseh Muhammad in some case, I'll be able to move it if it's a potential hazard to any members of the family, especially if there are children around, I can pick it up and move it afterwards. So those are the Hittinim, like a person should prepare himself obviously from beforehand. Safety would be in the shul. If you have a shul where kids are running anyway, where, where kids come in and out, and it's not a shul, that is certainly a way to tear off. You have a non-Jew working, so you tell them to move them in or out. In worst cases, you make a condition that when the, candle shut, when the flame shut off, you want to move it. Now we move on now to Mosai Shabbat. We all know the halakha that in the shul, when it comes to lighting the candles of menorah, we first light the menorah in the shul, before Alenu Neshabayah. And then afterwards, we make Abdullah. Why? Because usually after Abdullah, a lot of shows who don't have classes afterwards, people are running out of the show. Okay, so over here, we want to publicize the miracle, so we first light the menorah, and then afterwards, the people 
And then afterwards, the, the people uh, could go out and they could make the Havdalah. Next, so now, what people also know is that when it comes to the house, first we make Havdalah, and then we light the menorah. However, you should just know that that's not the opinion of Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. The Ramah and Shulchan Aruch hold that all the time. It's better to delay Shabbat. It's better to make sure that, uh, excuse me, it's better to delay the exit of Shabbat. So therefore, it's really, even in the house, according to Maran and the Ramah, it's better that a person should first light the menorah first and then have dinner. However, the Ahronim, all of them agreed, they had in the house, a person should first make up the alarm and then the menorah. How come? We come back to the rule of Tadir Vishnu Tadir. Since the Mizav Habdallah comes every week and the Mizav Habdallah only comes, uh, excuse me, the Mizav only comes once a year, so therefore the Mizav Habdallah has an advantage and we first light the Mirot Hanukkah before we light the Mirot of Habdallah. I mean, the Nerot of Havdalah before the Nerot of Hanukkah. And that's what you should do. Like a in the house, a person should go make Havdalah first, and then afterwards, write the Nerot of Hanukkah. Okay, I think we pretty much covered the halachot that pertaining to Shabbat, of course. All questions regarding the obligation of the location where a person has to light if he's going away for Shabbat. We discussed a lot of them last week. If anybody has a question... Uh, we're going to go off the air now, but maybe we'll stick around for a little bit if you have any questions. You can call us into the studio, um, 718-683-5858. We'll take your questions. We'll answer them as I mentioned regarding any halakhot of a person who's going away for Shabbat, where should they light, or any other questions you have on Hanukkah and Hanukkah and Shabbat together. We thank you for listening. Sorry we had to cut it short. As I said, next week we'll continue with the halakhot. Uh, practical halakhot, but that's a shame if it can be muqsir. Perhaps we'll talk about next week about the set of Asadab a bit. Meanwhile, I everyone should have a Friday from Hanukkah, Hanukkah Sameyah, and we should be Zokhir, Lukot, Be'orosh, and Mashiach. Thank you, Jerud. Thank you, Iran. Thank you, Mishim, for all your help, and we'll be able to make a quality song.